0: The following programme is a repeat of The Farm Show, which airs Thursday nights on KCLR from 7. Brought to you by tierlawnfarmlife.com This is The Farm Show on KCLR with Matt O'Keefe. Brought
1: to you with thanks to tierlawnfarmlife.com
0: Hello and welcome
2: to the Farm Show. On the programme this evening we have voices from the Tier Grain Quality Awards coming up in a moment. Elsewhere, Kildalton Agricultural College putting forward their best foot uh, in an open day that's happening next week. We'll hear all the details. Elsewhere, uh, Neve Bambrick, the President of the ASA, will be chatting to me about a tie-up with Makra to promote uh, cancer awareness. And of course we'll have reports from uh, Tullo and from Killeen Hill and anything else we can fit in over the next hour. But let's start with those Tier Lawn Awards that happened up in Port Leash on Tuesday. Minister of State Martin Hayden, you guest of honour, if you like, here today at the Tier Lawn Awards. A, a, a great array of very, very
3: efficient and professional farmers. Yeah, look, it's a great honour for me to be here. A family member of mine won one of these awards a few years ago, and I know the uh, the pride throughout all the family. When excellence in, in a certain sector is recognised in the farming community by both industry and your peers, and a great here that Tearlon are putting the money into this, recognising some of the great suppliers they have and recognising some of the best tillage farmers in the country.
2: Yeah, and they're tough people physically and mentally to absorb the kind of challenges they've faced over the past number of years, not only in terms of cost increases, but weather conditions.
3: Yeah, like I was just saying there, if 2022 was the holy trinity of everything good coming together for tillage, 2023 was the opposite of a perfect storm of bad weather, low input prices, uh, low product prices and uh, low yields. So, you know, recognising that tillage farmers have had a really tough year, and that's why government stood in with a number of one-off payments, and we want to continue to support the sector into this year. There's been a few blips along the road over the winter. We didn't get enough winter cereals in before Christmas. That's a challenge for us. Obviously, seed availability is something we're working closely with Chagas on as well. And we look to navigate and meet all of these challenges as best we can and support the sector um, in, in in the year ahead. You made reference earlier to the
2: ambitions for the sector in terms of moving from predominantly feed uh, supply to food supply. And also to grow the tillage sector is one of the ambitions set out
3: in food harvest and food vision and so on. That's going to be tough now. Absolutely, because we lost ground last year. So, you know, our very ambitious targets of reaching 400,000 hectares around the country has been made a little bit harder because last year was such a tough year. But government hasn't been found wanting in support to the sector, as I said, through a range of different initiatives. We obviously have strong corporation where we added extra money to it, protein aid crop port, which, again, these were oversubscribed in high demand and when they were government wasn't found wanting and we've seen the tillage incentive scheme do a job over the last couple of years in terms of encourage extra land in and then there was the maintenance payment for for this year but i want to see that develop I, i think there's great scope in that payment to reward farmers who are tillage farmers who continue to grow tillage to make sure that they stay at it um, and that's something that we'll continue to work on in the Department of Agriculture.
2: Across Europe politicians under significant pressure from farmers not happy with their uh, their livelihoods and, and so on no less here, here I would suggest in Ireland you've met some of the farmers today and their concerns you're aware of their concerns but uh, meeting more of them next week I think in conjunction with Colin Markey?
3: Yes so hosting the Fine Gael Agriculture Rural Development Forum is, is on the road and we've been on the road uh, over a year now with Eddie Downey as our chairperson and myself as Minister of State and Department of Agriculture and our MEP for Midlands Northwest, Colin Markey, are holding a meeting that will address the meeting in a Clannard Court in the Thai on Monday the 26th of February at 8 o'clock and it's open you know, to all farmers and everyone in the agriculture sector to come along, uh, have their say. Um, the, a number of very good speakers on the evening as well. Uh, as ourselves, you have Fiona Doolan, who's a sustainability specialist with Chagas, specialising in the asset programme on water quality. And we have Corey Kennedy, who's obviously Agri-Nutri-Tech, but also uh, the head of um, AgTech Ireland. On the particular
2: issue of that sustainability uh, specialist and the whole team of suspend- sustainability, you're, you're engaged in promoting trade across the globe. Increasing demand for sustainable produce...
4: Not
3: so much willingness to pay for that. So, like, ultimately here... Farmers, you know, need to be supported financially to make those changes and improving the credentials. But also what we need to do is we need to catalogue and accurately be able to tell the story and back up the story we have already. And what we saw here today at the award presentation from Chagas and the joint initiative of the lifespan of 14 different cereals that has been funded and supported through Tirlon and Chagas is exactly what we need to do. We know that we have a very low carbon output from our tillage sector here. It's an amazing story to tell. And farmers are on a journey to do that even better into the future as all other Irish farmers are across the different sectors. And sometimes it's about telling that story better and being able to back it up with the research and making sure that the, the points are in there to be able to make because I sit in boardrooms around the world where there's a lot of talk around sustainability when we're trying to access uh, new markets and grow Irish product in those markets. And ultimately, from our perspective, the Irish farmer will win the more markets we get access to, the more options there are for Irish food companies to take that farmer's product and put it in the best place where it can give the best financial
1: return.
2: Yeah, ultimately now, I, and I'm wondering whose responsibility it is, is to try and monetize that high sustainability standard that Irish farming is, is now uh, recognized
3: as having. There's a political input, surely. There is, and politics is one part of it. Industry is another part of it, and, and farmers are another part. It's very much an industry basis on the politics of it. We, what we do in Europe and beyond is is really important, and I would say that in the context of a year where we're facing into European elections, who we send to Europe to represent us out there is really really important that they understand agriculture and that they have a have a feel for it. Also, making sure that you know we don't lose access to markets that we have value uh, and access to at the minute. And you can never be complacent about where you have market access and what our competitive advantages are. And we continue to work on that. Ned and Bridie Murphy from we were also up for an award at the Lawn Awards.
2: I'll start with you, Ned, first. Uh, an award for green beans initially, anyway. Is it a difficult crop to grow? I'm not familiar with it.
5: No, it's not a difficult crop, no. Uh, it, when, when do you sow? You can sow them as early as you can. I sow them the 1st of February. So I'm directly into the stubble, the direct drill, and high inputs, low inputs? No, low inputs. Yeah, uh, or o- ten twenty down this route. And that's all the fertiliser. Much
2: disease pressure on that kind of a, on beans?
5: Not really. Two two spray program really for a year.
2: And is it a late uh, a late harvest then? It would be late harvest. Yeah, yeah, to get uh, them at well, the, the right you saw them the earlier the harvest, and it's a premium crop because you're, it's a protein crop,
5: it's a protein crop. You're getting the protein payment on it. And do you sell off the combine or store? No, we sell off the combine, go straight directly to the Dambia the, the going into the Ross.
2: Bridie, you're very familiar with the operation, it's been one hell of an 18 months challenging for tillage. It has,
6: but uh, we go with the weather and we do our best and ned
2: uh, uh, one anymore. one year with another do you hedge some of the grain some of the some of the prices well we
5: forward sell yeah, yeah. percentage of it
2: and, and of course know. there's been huge volatility in prices oh, absolutely i mean it went through the roof along with the costs and now it's yes. almost on the floor there's not much there's not much there now no no and the prospects for this year is not looking good and of course huge investments. <laughs> and i've seen it over the years huge investment in machinery and technology and Necessary but expensive?
5: Absolutely. The expenses are gone through the roof. They've become um, actually.
2: Where yeah. are mm. you now, uh, Ned, on the farm in terms of crops? I know you missed out on a, on, on the winter window for a lot of crop. Uh, so where are you now in late, late February?
5: Well, we, we didn't get any winter barley, so on. We have an old seed winter wheat. I uh, didn't get the winter oats, so either. That's going to be a job. Of course, we saw the beans. So yeah, you're hoping for there's, there's some, some, some kind
2: of a window in the next month anyway, to so try and get Absolutely, a lot of work
5: done. Yeah. Oh, yeah. More than you should have to do. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. It'd be growing hundred and fifty to two hundred acres of spring barley. Normally, but that, that could be increased this year because we didn't get as many acres of winter drop in. That's
2: that's the fallback position. Yeah. 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 Righty, going to be a lot of uh, a lot of long days and, and, and late nights.
6: Well, we go with the flow. And up to now, we've always gone with the flow, and so we we'll continue to go with this. That's the
2: way you have to take
5: it, and isn't that's it? Why we
6: have to take it yeah, and watch the weather and <clears throat> watch. The- for the,
5: you know, always pay attention to detail. that is an the headline I mean,
6: That's
2: <laughs> <just laughs> to be done. Ned and Brady Murphy, congratulations on your award and and thanks very much for talking to the farm show. Thank you, Frank O'Mara, director of Chequers here at the Lawn Awards. Really, a great array of professional farmers, I would call them, professional growers of the highest standard. I'd say anywhere in the world.
7: Absolutely. Look, we're, these are grain quality awards. So all these people have been producing very high quality crops for, for you know, of, of all descriptions and all types and going into all different markets. And uh, yeah, look, the standards, the standards we have here in Ireland are, you know, are, are very, very good. And uh, we we saw today some figures for the carbon footprint of Irish grains. That's some new work that we we did in collaboration with Tehran. And again, Irish grain comes out, you know, in in, in a very, very strong position compared, compared to our international uh, competitors.
2: Yeah, check is really uh, having a huge input into this life cycle analysis, the carbon footprint, if you like, and showing extraordinarily positive results. in
7: comparison to international uh, growers. That's right, yeah, so so as you said, this life cycle analysis, that's the methods we use to calculate the carbon footprint, and when we do that for Irish grain, and we've done that now for the first time, uh, the, the values for Irish grain are lower than and you know most of the, the the main grain producing countries that we looked at. So so look, it's it's a very positive story for for Irish grain. And that's across both the grains and you know for let me say the oats, the wheats, the barley, the whole lot coming out very very well and carbon footprint is very close to, to zero you know we're, we're we're not a long way from being able to, to say that uh, we have grain that's carbon neutral
2: and I noted in your address you made reference to the, the, the new facility you're up and running at this stage in in collaboration with uh, SETU around the whole area of brewing and distilling to my mind from the farmer's perspective potentially adding value to product.
7: That's right, yeah. So we have a new facility in Oak Park with, with investment we got from the Department of Agriculture to look at the, the the brewing and distilling qualities of Irish grain. So we're interested in, you know, how husbandry or variety selection will affect the characteristics of grains for brewing and distilling. And obviously the whole trust of it is to try to get more of our grain into those higher value markets and get premium prices for for a higher proportion of our grain. And look, the Irish drinks industry is, is going very well. We have a very good reputation internationally for producing high quality products and exports are growing year on year. So look, it is an opportunity for, for our, our grain growers.
2: Yeah, we really do need that emphasis on food, human food versus cattle feed, because there's not a margin to be made in most of the feed crops.
7: That's right. Look, you're, you're competing, I suppose. It's very much a, a, an internationally competitive commodity type market, feed grains. So the more you can move yourself into a premium product and get a distinguishing feature for in, in that premium market. So it's one thing to be in the, the malting or distilling, but also you want to be at the top end of that malting and distilling. And and I, I, as I said, Irish drinks have that very good reputation. So we want to we want them to keep building that reputation and we want uh, to try to capitalise on that then back down to, to farm level.
2: Another voice at the Lawn Grain Awards, John Fenlon from Gorse Bridge. John, you uh, won a category award in the Spring Barley. Yes, yes. A, a difficult year, and difficult year generally for grain growing, but a, particularly difficult for Spring Barley growers. How, how did you get on?
6: Well, I was lucky. In May, February, I looked, Took a chance and decided to go ahead. Ground conditions were good enough, so ordered, and from there on, just took it as, it, as it, every other year. Looked after the spray and looked after the fertilizer, and I was more than pleased with the outcome of the uh, results of the grain and the tonnage. I averaged a little over three tons to the acre, which I, for a spring crop, any day is you know grand. But didn't I expect I'd be here today? Yeah, but you got it in good and early because a lot of the later
2: sown crops got hit with the drought, didn't tiller, and were stunted. A very poor result in
6: general. Oh, yeah. It really, like, March was a disaster and in April. And then we got a drought, and that really killed off anything that was had any hope of progressing. So between the wet and the late sawn and the drought, I believe there were some disastrous crops out there. Some some more unfortunate growers are after taking a what we say a hell of a wallop this year, and I hear tell of about two, three, and four bales per acre of straw. So when you only have that much straw, you're not having to yield. Tell me in terms of of managing to, to, to get some kind
2: of a profit out of it. It's essential with all crops, but particularly so with spring barley to keep costs down.
6: How did you manage the crop post sowing? Well, I... Yeah, Well, when it emerged, I hit it with 300 weight of uh, 18612 plus sulfur. And then I divided the rest of the nitrogen in two. And I came up to um, 116 units, 115, 116 units of nitrogen total for it. Because with the ground, you're on the verge of going close to lodging and lodged crop is no good so I find that regime every year works out very well for me Much disease pressure? No, not the, the disease wasn't too bad thank God the dry weather held off a lot of d- disease James Hickey, in fairness told me, advisor he looked at from tear on he look, looks after my crops and advises me when, when I shouldn't and yeah, expensive but look, if you're not going to look after them you're not going to get the yield.
2: You've been growing grain now for a lot of years, John. We won't go into the, the details on that. But uh, things have improved over the years in terms of management practices. In terms even of varieties, uh, there's been big improvements.
6: Oh, definitely massive. There is be massive improvements on, on varieties. You know, yeah, things have improved from that point of view. it is it is to the straw, disease resistance, they, There's we have come leaps and bounds. In, in, in that area which is a huge help. And you'll stick with it for another few years? God willing God willing, I'd love to say I may be back here again sometime Congratulations John. Thank you Matt John Keeley, Head of greens uh, with the Chair Lawn, a very
2: proud day today I think for everyone involved, a lot of professional farmers out there.
8: Yeah, good good day uh, Matt, absolutely delighted with today. so we have... Uh quite a wide portfolio of premium grains and it was good to see them all recognized here today so we've 14 different uh, individual category awards as well as the the overall award winner so yeah a really good day a good day to celebrate all that's good in tillage in ireland and specifically good in, a, in our own uh, grain category here in tierlawn
2: yeah, and earlier the, the life cycle analysis was referenced to good cooperation with Chagas in order to, to prove scientifically that Irish grain growing in general at least has, a, has a, quite a low-carbon footprint.
8: Yeah, absolutely, Matt, and it's probably something that uh, we've been maybe talking about for a number of years. But uh, as we know now with uh, modern global ingredients, customers, everything that you say to those people uh, needs to be substantiated so this was something that was probably initiated originally uh, solely for our oats category our food rate, and our gluten free oats category in particular but when we looked at uh, what was entailed it was actually not much additional extra work to do it for our whole portfolio, so including all our wheat, all our barley, all our oilseed rape, and even our uh, rye contracts, as well as our as well as our oats. So yeah, listen, the team worked very very hard. It was something that we were developing a model, the first national model to be completed something that Chagas had to actually develop and then obviously we were responsible for nominating a representative pool of our own 48 growers. Now those growers, to be fair to them, volunteered an awful lot of data and we will be giving them an individualised report on this. But I think yeah, a really significant study and I think this is a big milestone for, for Irish grain in terms of being able to prove what we've been saying for a while.
2: Sustainability regularly referenced here today and I asked the Minister of State, uh, Martin Hayden, earlier as to whose, if anybody's in particular responsibility is to try and monetize that sustainability credential to the benefit of the primary producer.
8: And uh, to be fair, I think uh, everybody is, is expecting the next link in the chain to try and leverage sustainability credentials on their behalf. So when we're talking about grain growers who have been producing very sustainably grown cereals for their cooperative. I think it's up to the cooperative to uh, leverage those as best they can with their end customer now whether that's a feed customer whether it's a food or a drinks industry customer or if it's a, an international ingredients there. all we can do is talk about the sustainability credentials of the product that we're assembling on the on the customer's behalf and leverage that to gain and grow volume in our premium contract so about 40% of our our green intake attracts a premium of some level each year We'd like to grow that in volume and even in percentage if it can be done.
2: Finally, John, maybe crystal ball gazing to some extent. Tillage sector has come out of an extraordinarily challenging time cost-wise, but most particularly weather, and that's still affecting plans for the coming season. Where do you see tier lawn sector?
8: So I suppose, uh, and maybe to put that into context... We were coming off almost the perfect year where the, the Holy Trinity, as we referenced these awards last year, where we had great grain yields, we had great grain price, and we had fantastic harvesting weather. I'd say in October uh, of that year... Everything turned in our favour, or in her turned against us, and it has been against us since. From a weather perspective, from a grain market's perspective. So, yeah, I acknowledge completely that uh, 2023 has been a really tough year. We see our uh, grain growers as being a, a remarkably resilient population of, of growers. They're absolutely committed to the industry, and we are committed to them. When I look at, we we'll say the the premium grain contracts that we offer, that's returning an additional three million euros to our growers for the harvest just gone out. Over and above the feed price, so I think this is really for everybody to focus in on what they can control within their own businesses. So for the for the growers, that's trying to get the crops into the ground and producing the best quality grain that they can. For us, it's about winning and driving volume in those value added markets and in in our in our feed grain markets as well as possible. And we'd be hoping to use the work that we've announced here today with respect to the LCA to do that.
0: The Farm Show on KCLR with Matt O'Keefe. Brought
1: to you by tierlawnfarmlife.com
2: Now just to give the full list of award winners and there were 14 different categories in the Tierlon Grain Quality Awards. John, Anne and Mark Deering from Emo and Leash claimed the top prize and their Award, individual award was for their high quality food grade oats, which came in with a KPH of 57.8 and a moisture content of 17.6% across a total tonnage of 214 tons. Elsewhere in the individual awards, Mark Sheridan from Navan County Meath took home the new sustainability award and he uh, managed to adopt Widespread use of straw incorporation and these winter oats were carbon neutral. Winter Cassia Feed Barley Award winner was were John and Ray Kavanagh from Athai in County Kildare. The Malting Barley category, R&R Farms from Mogheely in County Cork. Green Feed Barley, that was won locally by John Fenland from Gorsebridge Bridge in Kilkenny. The premium spring barley category was taken by John Miller from Mathai in County Kildare. The dried feed barley was won by B&N Madden from Dunsany in County Mead. The seed barley uh, accolade went to Kathleen and John Marr from just up in Johnstown here in Kilkenny. Green feed wheat category, David O'Dwyer, Newborn County, Wexford. Dried feed wheat. Michael Carey, uh, took that from, he's from Newcastle in County Wicklow. And the seed wheat category was won by Ballingale Farms Limited, Ferns, County Wexford. Elsewhere, food grade oats, that category was taken, as we mentioned earlier, by John Deering from Emo. The green feed oats, um, category was won by Grange and Alvin Farm Partnership, Athoi, County Kildare. The green, Feed Beans, uh, NBCB Farms, Maddox Town, County Kilkenny. That's uh, Ned and uh, Bridie uh, Murphy, uh, whom you heard earlier in the recording. Green Oil Seed Rape, that category was taken by P. O'Connell Farms in British uh, County Leash. The Sustainability Award, as we mentioned, uh, was taken by J&C Sheridan Limited, Navin County Mead, and the overall award, again went to uh, the Deering family. Just one significant diary item this week. It's a postponed event from earlier in the year. The Johnstown Galmai Ploughing, that's set to take place on Tom Hulhan's farm at Bally Spellin, Johnstown, at 12 noon on Sunday. All classes uh, involved. And of course, it has that health warning, weather permitting, and hopefully, Hopefully, we'll see some settling of the weather uh, uh, this coming week. Now, oh, we're joined by Martin Woods, lecturer at Kildalton College. Uh, Martin, how are you? Hello, Martin. Much about How are you? Great, thanks. Martin, we'll get on to the main item in a moment. But Kildalton, of course, as well as everything else, is a, a commercial farm. And we we'll leave aside the prices, but weather impacts having a huge effect on every sector across the country. How How is dairy going with you for a start? Are you able to graze any cows?
4: Yeah, they have a number of cows who at the moment all right, right, Matt, yeah. They've over 80 calved. Uh, we also have some of their sucker cows out as well. We have 12 cows and uh, 12 sucker calves out as well. So we're getting out there, but the ground is quite wet, all right. But as I said, hopefully now the weather will pick up next week. We'll be able to get out more stock.
2: Yeah, we we'll certainly hope so. And the crops, I've been down there at the various crop open days. Some crops across the country looking quite well, uh, winter crops, but some of them looking very patchy. How, how did you fare out?
4: Uh, Yeah, we had the open day there last Friday, and uh, yeah, the winter crops are looking reasonably well. The winter barley is looking quite well at the moment, all right? Winter oats, not not quite as well, but it's like that around the country. But uh, as I said, hopefully now if if the weather picks up, as I said, we'll be able to get with sprays and so on, and the 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 nitrogen fertilizer applications, and as I said, the crops will pick up again.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of uh, acreage deficit, I'll call it that, to be made up, ground that wasn't sown in the autumn. I presume if the weather turned now, get on with it.
4: Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely. If the weather picks up, it's important to get out and get the sprays and the fertiliser applications out. And as I said, make make the most of the best weather because the weather can change when you come to March. It's the month of many weather. So as I said, make the best opportunity of the good weather. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And we saw that huge difficulty last year with less on spring barley. I mean, it just didn't tell or it d- didn't drive on in the drought.
4: A catastrophe, really. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was bad year for tillage farmers last year. Okay. Uh, as regards with, with the Weather in the autumn and so on, um, and so on, and so a lot, some farmers struggle to harvest their crops. So again, we'll be hoping for a better year this year. I uh, know, and hopefully we'll have a good spring and farmers get to sow their crops. And uh, as I said, get get um get, get have a more productive year this year for these farmers.
2: Now on to the main item. You're putting your best foot forward on next Friday week. That's Friday the first of March. Uh, You're having your annual open day. What can people
4: expect? Well, as say, when students, when students and parents and uh, teachers come in, they'll be given a tour of the college. So it'll start off with an overview of all the different courses and they'll be given a tour around the college. So they'll be shown the machinery and they'll be shown, uh, there'll be talks on the crops. There'll be talks on the dairy and the beef and the sheep enterprise. So there'll be talks about what's going on in the enterprise and what students will be learning when they go there. Uh, also, there'll be tractor demonstrations. They'll be shown the simulators and then there'll be stands in the mall there about uh, farm apprenticeships, about SETU uh, courses, about farm access and support for students and so on as well. And uh, as I said, there'll be staff around to answer general queries uh, too. So students will be given a good tour of the college and all the facilities. And as I said, the life of a student in Killawton will be explained to him as best as possible.
2: Yeah, and uh, the, the intention is to have two rounds of, of tours, one starting at 10 o'clock and the other starting at 11 a.m.
4: That's it. Yeah. Well, the tours will be guided, so we'll have tour guides bring around students and parents and teachers to all the different uh, stands. Um, as I said, yeah, full tour of the college, but the agriculture, the horticulture, and the equine uh, facilities, also about uh, student accommodation for those who are interested. And um, as I said, they'll come back then to the mall, and then there'll be stands on individual areas, and uh, where there'll be if they are any questions or queries, uh, they will be answered, and there'll be handouts as well, and about, um, about the Kildonan courses and Chagas courses and so on.
2: Martin, it would be fair to say from looking at the figures, as far as I can see, huge popularity in third level courses and not necessarily solely university, but agricultural colleges and other options.
4: Yeah, the numbers have been uh Places in college have been very popular over the last few years. The numbers in Kilogne, we've say around 1,400 students between all different courses between level five, level six, full-time and part-time and students come in from Waterford as well. Uh, so there's a good demand for agricultural courses and there's a lot of courses around the country as well. So as I said, yeah, long may it continue and uh, you know, you have a good range of students coming in as well and they're, they're very interested and uh courses are very popular and feedback for surveys is always very good as well. So as I said, uh, we're delighted with the current situation.
2: Yeah, you have mentioned the collaboration with the Southeast Technological University, and that's working very well for both parties. You
4: have brought on a, a, a series of new initiatives. Let's look at apprenticeships first. So, yeah, for apprenticeships. So there's two apprenticeships in Kildawton, are based, run from Kildawton, I should say, you have the level seven farm managers course. So that's a two year course. As I said, Uh, students to be eligible for that, they have to have a a level six advanced certificate in agriculture. okay. and as I said, most of it is spent working on farms that are dairy, beef, sheep or tillage farms, and they didn't do ten weeks coursework per year. Then we also have a level seven or sorry, level six sports turf management apprenticeship as well, which started there last September. Again, that's also a two year course, and the majority of that is on placements as well to do some block work in Killawton too. So when, anyone who's interested, when they come into the Open Day, then there'll be stands on both the uh, apprenticeships. Marcella Fielding will have a stand there. She's over the, all the apprenticeships and also at doctor Emily Emma-Louise Coffee's or the farm manager's apprenticeship as well.
2: And this, this question, little more than idle speculation, I suppose, until an announcement is made, but I presume you all have your fingers and toes crossed down there that you will get the nod for the Veterinary College. And to that end, you have been progressing your proposal.
4: That's right, yeah. Uh, as I said, uh, well, well, it hasn't been confirmed yet, but, uh, they are good facilities here. And if that was, if that was announced or, or uh, confirmed, it would be great for the area. Uh, it would be great for the college. Um, and as I said, we're hoping that it'll get the green light, but it, nothing has been confirmed yet.
2: Before we conclude, Martin, I was only reflecting yesterday when I heard about that awful tragedy down in Limerick. Uh, Two Genry students killed in a a, a car accident, Uh, one of them from Kilkenny, the other from from Limerick. And uh, I thought I, I was going to be talking to someone from Kildalton today. And I just thought it brings it all back to your awful tragedy only a couple of years ago.
4: That's right, yeah. We had a similar tragedy uh, two years ago. Uh, one, a student of ours uh, was tragically killed in a car crash. Uh, I think it was April 2022, so it was a tr- massive shock for us. Uh, caused a lot of sadness and a massive shock uh, for the family as well. I'd like to offer my condolences to the family of the youngest that were killed there th- there during the week. Um, it, it's an awful tragedy. And I said, uh, we're all thinking about them. this sad time. Absolutely, hugely sad. We don't normally have a a moment of silence on on a
2: radio program, but we will just at the end of this interview. But in the meantime, Martin, that open day at kildalton happening on Friday, the first of March, two tours from ten o'clock to uh, and eleven o'clock a.m. and That's Thank you very idea. much. Thank you very much for joining
4: us on the Farm Show. Thank you very much, Matt. Thank you.
0: The Farm Show on KCLR with Matt O'Keefe,
1: brought to you by TirlandFarmLife dot com.
0: Now,
2: out to Callan, where Neve Bambrick is uh, going to chat to me. Neve, how are you?
1: Hi,
0: Matt, how are you?
2: Great, thanks, great. Listen, the immediate congratulations, Callan, winning the national debating, mockra debating competition. Well done, and you had skin in the game. Ah, uh, well, well, no, I didn't actually
0: personally. Was actually
2: I, I know, but Claire, cl- um, Claire but, was in it, yes. Yeah it, was, it,
0: yeah, it was great for them, in fairness, to, um, to win it, because the last time they actually won it. Was during COVID, so it wasn't the exact same experience. And um, yeah, in fairness to Claire, she got best of as well on the night, so I was delighted for. Her.
2: Absolutely brilliant. So, Makra going strong out in Callan?
0: Absolutely, yeah. No, in fairness, it's still going from strength to strength out there.
2: Good, 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 good. Now, on a personal basis, um, it's a number of months since you were elected president of the ASA, the Agricultural Science Association. Uh, how are you finding that role?
0: Very good. No, it's great, Matt. Um, it's busy. I, I won't lie. It's very busy. But, um, yeah, no, look, it's a fantastic organisation to get the opportunity to be president of. Um, and, lucky you get to meet a lot of people across the industry. So, in fairness, it's a, it's a fantastic role to hold for the year.
2: Yeah, and it's an organisation that really has grown and uh, thrived. Even as, a, even as a networking system, it's immensely important to uh, generally ag uh, graduates.
0: Yeah, absolutely, um, Matt. So, like, basically, that, that's what it is. The is is a professional body for all ag science graduates. And, you know, as more colleges as well start to um, have ag science degrees, obviously the association then is growing um, and becoming more diverse as a result. And there's more members, you know, throughout the whole, um, the whole country, whereas, you know, a few years ago it would have been concentrated to the graduates coming out of UCD and SETU, whereas now you have the likes of, you know, MTU, Dundalk and all the different... Different universities coming into
2: it, which is great. Yeah, it's a thriving sector. And as I mentioned to uh, Martin Woods earlier, hopefully there'll be another outlet for um, enthusiastic veterinary students at Kildalton and SETU in the coming period. Just if if, if the Minister, Simon Harris, would get the skids on and uh, announce it, and hopefully announce that they are at least one of the participants.
0: Yeah, it'd be great, look, definitely for the south-east of the country and, you know, in fairness to um, Kildalton and the CTU, they, they link up brilliantly for the ag science degree, so um I can only imagine it would be the same for the veterinary if it gets to go ahead.
2: And listen, after all that chat, that's not precisely why I wanted you particularly on the programme this week. Mm -hmm. It's a tie-up with, well, it's gathering all the aspects together. It's a tie-up with MACRA and the ASA. You're putting together a lunch event called Resilient Industry, Adapting to Change, and it's to mark International Women's Day, and it's a fundraiser. Tell me all about it.
0: Yeah, um, absolutely, Matt. So look, um, uh, myself as the ASA president and Elaine Houlihan as the MACRA president, we both are the youngest females um of the organization, both organizations to date. And look, we happen to be females. So we said, look, probably the time that as two young presidents, we get ASA and mocker to join up, as we have a lot of members in common. So um what better way we only to hold something around International Women's Day? Um We w- we didn't want to do the generic, you know, just tick the box International Women's Day. So we're doing it um for a fundraiser for Breast Cancer Ireland so all the proceeds are going to Breast Cancer Ireland and um, SBD are kindly sponsoring it so yeah it's a lunch event it's taking place in the heritage hotel in Leash. um minister mcconnell is going to be the keynote speaker and then we're going to have kind of two panel discussions as well of people within the industry who have done different things and then maybe kind of other resilient uh, women within the industry as well that will tell their stories and it'll kind of be spread out throughout lunch and and a dessert and that kind of a thing so it'll be a good opportunity to network as well
2: yeah, no, it's, it's, space is limited or whatever, but uh for just €35, Euro, well worthwhile in itself for the discussions that will take place in high-caliber speakers, but also, obviously, for the cause.
0: Yeah, absolutely, Matt. And so that was the thing, like, look, FBD, in fairness to them, have come on kindly to sponsor it so that we can give all the proceeds to Breast Cancer Ireland. So yeah, we wanted to give um, people value for money in the sense of high profile speakers who are very relevant to the industry today, like some people that are there are Ailis Byrne, the new head of Agri in Tear Lawn, Jack O'Connor in MSC and different people like that. Um, but also then, you know, on the other side, we're we're able to give back then to Breast Cancer Ireland Association as well.
2: Just bear with me uh, a, a moment, Neve George Candler is in the studio with me. George, you can relate directly to the horrors of of, of cancer, but the enormous strides that have been made.
9: Indeed, uh, Matt, and it's it's great to see such fundraisers. It's good to see the ladies taken on board for for a change, you know. And uh, as I said, that Bambrick family, it has a, a fair spread, and I'm not surprised that debating is one of their uh, their fortés, you know, <laughs> regarding. Reading, if you know what I mean. Well, they didn't. They didn't pick it up off the ground. <laughs> Correct and right. Correctly and <laughs> right. And as I said, uh, it's a great achievement. The two girls are very progressive, and uh, uh, best of luck with the with the venture in the Heritage Hotel. What did again, Neva? It's
0: on the seventh of
9: March, so two weeks today. Two weeks today,
2: and great. if I can, if, and if I can boast that I I debated with our father. Now, of course, I was much younger than of him at course, the time, you go, and you had a better voice. But uh, uh, well, as as I had a better voice than I have tonight. Yes, that's correct. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I I we'll
0: hope have you got the upper hand as well,
2: Matt. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have an, we'll have another chat at some stage. But listen, uh, keep up the good work, and delighted you could join us on the on the farm show. Great, thanks
0: a million, Matt.
2: Now we're heading straight across to Tullow for Eric's sheep report.
1: Another large sale today in Tullow here with over 1200 sheep on offer. Looking to the trade then, them good well fleshed hoggets today selling there from 165 and 6 up to top call today of 188 and a very lively trade there. Looking to the lighter store hoggets then, those store type hoggets. Those 40 to 43, 44 kilos, they selling anything there from 146 and 7 up to the mid 150s. Couple of those 47, 48 kilos, well fleshed sheep there pushing into the mid, early 160s with a price there again today, 49 kilos making 172. The lighter hoggets then, the 30 kilo plus, they're selling anything there from 100 euro upwards, and a very lively trade for all those classes. Over to the cast yos then, those young fitter yos selling from 150 to 180 a kilo, some yos in excess of 2 euro, but then they have to be good Texel Charlotte type yos, with the yos with lambs at foot there, those younger units their aged, younger units with a single lamb selling up to a top count there of 230. With the age units from 150 upwards, uh, with doubles there at foot up to a top call of 330 today, and a lot of those double units there selling from 280 to 310. Over then to the in-lambs uh, the Inlam lambs yos there, good, good genuine clearance sales here too. To, at the first bundle there of those suffolk Texley cross Layer breeding yos, they are selling there from 170 up to 205, with uh, the, some of the uh, Suffolk cross yos then selling from uh, 160 to 200. And just to remind everyone that next week we have a dispersal sale of Wicklow Chevy H.O.'s. 70 of the best Wicklow Chevy H.O.'s you'll clap an eye on. Cattle sale this Friday. Continental sale in conjunction with the weekly cattle sale. Dairy sale next Wednesday. That's Wednesday the 28th of February. All systems are go here in Tullow. Thank you.
2: All systems go in Tullow and all systems go here too. George, you regularly chat about the ongoing drift away from sucklers and you you, you regularly have to host a, a sale of an entire suckler herd i see now confirmation that the drift is continuing most particularly amongst western farmers and they provide a range of reasons none of them um, um, um
9: you know what we wouldn't have thought yeah true matt and today in kilkenny funnily enough we had a suckler, a small suckler sale and would you believe cows with cats at foot Range from 1,400 to 3,500 per unit. Now, of course, they were for an exceptional calf, and an exceptional cow, and they were back in calf again to a Belgian blue bull, and in calf ones today in Kilkenny, 1460 to 1820. There's people looking. There's much less out there. And once again, the market is always, Matt, dictated by supply and demand. And uh, hopefully, uh, you know, people who are, are still continuing in suckers will do so because that's where the creme de creme of the beef comes from. It's from the suckler herd. But unfortunately, uh, there's uh, not only here in the southeast where a lot of people have gone to milking, uh, you know, in the west of Ireland, it's a shame to see such a decline in the suckler herd there. And um, uh, I, I'm not, I think to address it may be a little bit too late. Yeah, I I I despair to some extent because
2: if 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 that land is denuded of. Uh, extensive livestock farming. What else is there? Rewilding? Go- going to rack and ruin, if you ask me, because we've had a managed
9: livestock uh, landscape for thousands of years. Yes, yes, that's very true, Matt. And I suppose, with all the rules and regulations that were uh, were, were were introduced, and uh, you no know, wonder IFR in enough is enough, you like, it has to stop somewhere. Well, it was uh, absolutely crazy. As a man said to me, he spent maybe uh, four hours, five hours one evening form form filling, like, you know, and another man said to me, I don't don't understand it. Like, like in fairness, it's it, it's a crazy scenario, and uh, farmers should do what they do best, and they manage the countryside so so well. Uh, but it is a sad reflection of, of of what's going on with the reduction of the suckler herd. Apropos nothing at all, I think the Pope is on the
2: farmer's side. He invited the farmers who were protesting outside Rome into his daily audience and invited them to bring a tractor carrying a cow, a special cow, a cow whose grandmother, I think, or great-grandmother, had been part of a protest back when quotas were introduced
9: and the Italians weren't too happy about that. Oh, no, 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 (laughs) definitely not. But um, look at Matt, all we can do is fingers crossed that more sensibility will incur or come to to fruition, not to to Uh, do in the future. Eventually, and hopefully, exactly. in, in, in
2: time. Let's go to the ad break and we'll hear George's Matt report when we come back.
0: The Farm Show on KCLR with Matt O'Keefe. Brought to you by tierlawnfarmlife.com. KCLR Mart Report Sponsored by Kilkenny Livestock
2: Mart Serving the farming community for over 60 years. The podium is yours George.
9: Uh, thanks Matt, well today in Kilkenny, uh, even though factories are, uh, are reported to be dropping quotes it was the other way around in Kilkenny today an absolutely superb trade, specifically in the heifers, where I'd say some heifers were up 20, 30 per head, um, maybe 40. Um, the um, As I said, all in all a very, very strong trade. Now the 600 kilo plus bullet range from 240 to three per kilo. That's 16.10 to 22.30 per head. And they were in short supply. Average price there, 292. Uh, The 5 to 600 kilo bullock from 235 to 335 per kilo, 1200 euro to 1960 per head. An average price of 285 per kilo. The 4 to 500 kilo bullock from 180 to 355 per kilo, 750 to 1600 euro per head are an average price here. And these are average prices, 282 per kilo. Under 400 kilo uh, price range here from 2 euro to 367 Per kilo three six seven a Charlie bullock there three six five kilo making thirteen forty great confidence average price there at two sixty per kilo on Tuesday of course the cow sale a smaller numbers on offer uh, uh, eighty on offer uh, one fifteen to two ten for the Frisians with the con- continental cull cows from one seventy to two fifty per kilo today in the heifer ring a very very good trade uh, beef heifers two seventy to three forty per kilo then again there's some absolutely magnificent heifers on offer fifteen eighty to twenty two twenty Per head or a pri- average price of 298 per kilo. Full store heifers fund, 230 to 310 per kilo, 950 to 1520 per head, average price of 275 per kilo. And in this lighter types and a great selection of light, light heifers on offer, 2 euro to 353 per kilo or from 600 euro to 1340 per head. Would you believe the smaller, lighter heifer averaging in at 308 per kilo? So plenty of life about that uh, trade. On the sheep front, a smaller sale of sheep on, on Monday, but an absolutely great trade again. Butcher lambs from 154 to 192 euro per head. The factory type from 135 to 175 per head. With the store, store lambs, which are hoggets, call them as you will, 105 to 135 per, ke- per head. And the, uh, cashews from 60 euro to 220 euro per head. A very good dairy sale on Monday. Uh, first rate, uh, cows and heifers, uh, in milk, uh, 1400 to 2720 per head. Second rate, Friesian cows and heifers, 1200 to 1500 euro per head. In calf ones were stickier and they only ranged from 800 to 1250 per head. So just the synopsis of what's going on next week, we have our uh, sheep sale on uh, Monday and that kicks off at 10.15. We've also an entire flock of in-lamb ewes, the property of a lady these are, uh, there's about 30 of those involved, all scanned in-lamb with doubles and singles and they kick off at, on as soon as the cull you sale has finished we 've also a dairy sale, and including that dairy sale will be over thirty head uh, park clearance for john paul young he'll uh, he he'll, 's an entire dispersal going forward, but this time we have part one of that dispersal that 's on next Monday a hundred head on offer would you believe that sale on Monday at twelve thirteen Kilkenny Mart. that will be up on the line from about Friday afternoon uh, Tuesday also we have our calf sale at ten thirty cull cow sale at 10 o'clock and today as I mentioned earlier I'm at the uh, Suckra cow sale cows, uh, cows with cows at 1400 to 3,500 per unit, with the in cap lots from 1,460 to 1,820 per head, and uh, just if there's anyone looking for silage, give us a bell, we have some not too far away from Kilkenny City, but all in all, Matt, plenty of life about the trade and, uh, and lots of confidence out there, which is good to see uh, what we would like, and I think everyone would like, a little bit of uh, dry weather uh, and a little bit of sunshine which would put better better, uh, you know, people in better spirits. Well, we're told there's four or five days coming, but I'll believe- David, when I see it.
2: No wonder you walked in with a smile this evening. It's, it's relatively simple to sell livestock
9: when there's plenty of bids and good prices and everyone is in a good humour. Correct, and, and irrelevant today was the online bidding. Uh, you know, if you would told me, Matt, about five years ago, six years, I'd be looking at the screen, that bids would be coming, I wouldn't believe you. I said, yeah, that's that will happen, but not a very, you know. It's happened very quickly because of COVID. And uh, the amount of people bidding online today is, uh, is is a major. And today, we have people bidding from Sligo, for suckler cows, we had them from Galway, we had them from, uh, from, uh, Galway, Sligo, and, uh, oh yeah, Claire. So, uh, if you have suckler cows out there, and they're good quality stock, there's a great market for them because they are scarce, Matt, and a lot of people looking to replace them. And, of course, the gap wasn't too big. If they were selling those cull cows, you know, those continental cull cows, you're talking about 230, 240, up to maybe three euro a kilo for some of them. So uh, uh, I suppose they're, they're, they're fit enough to get back in to buy those in-calf cows or cows with cows at foot. I recollect when you mentioned,
2: uh, the online and, and, and it's thriving. I remember having a conversation with Michael Lynch, the manager several years ago, uh, long before what BC, before yes, COVID. Yes. And you went over, I think, to look at the, a system over in Scotland to see could it be adapted and would it take on and would it be worthwhile pursuing? And you came to a negative decision and, and that was probably the right
9: decision at the time. At, but at, at that time. Needs with- must It happened. And it's working a dream. Yeah, and and I talked to a man today that uh, always buys online. He never sees the cattle. He sees them on his phone. Another man I know who buys that never comes to the mart. But he has two big television screens where he can operate from, and uh, he's buying online also. So a lot of people don't actually visit the mart when they're when they're buying these. And this man was was very pleased to say to me that he got very good returns from cattle he bought last year uh, that went to beef eventually uh, to beef. So it's working. It's working, man. That's, Long may that's good acclaim. My
2: thanks to Owen, who engineered everything this evening, to Martin, who produced. For me, Matt O'Keefe, until next week, farm well, farm safely, good night and goodbye.
0: The Farm Show on KCLR with Matt O'Keefe. Brought to you by tierlawnfarmlife.com.